Welcome to this week's episode of EJ Nerds Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirda along with Jordan Angie. And we've got another another fun topic in this. Uh, we're entering the realm of gaming. Jordan? Hey guys, yeah, so we're just going to kind of talk about PC gaming and console gaming. It seems like it's a never-ending feud, just like the Marvel versus DC, which I don't understand why. But uh, before we get into that, uh, we had a really killer trailer this week for a movie that I wasn't expecting much out of. Eric, I don't know about you if you had any awareness of it. Um, but I'm talking about Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, historically, video game movies suck. Not historically, it's a fact. You know, um, I still can't get the taste of what that Assassin's Creed movie was out of my mouth. Um, but so when this show dropped, I had like zero expectations and, um, holy crap, <laughs> this is what I can say is that is the best part about this trailer is it's for the first time I felt like I was playing the game while watching something about the movie, you know, Mortal Kombat's kind of a weird thing where it's like, it's a violent video game, you know, it's known because you get to chop people's heads off in crazy ways. Um, but there's actually kind of a story to it, if you can tell it the right way. And I've kind of got hope. <laughs> um, but, you know, for me, just off the rip, there's a guy that you may not know his name. His name is Hiroki Sonata. If you've watched The Last Samurai um, or any movie involving any kind of like cool samurai Japanese level fighting this guy's in it and he plays Scorpion in this movie and um, yeah man uh, I'm hyped well, what about you what's your thoughts on this trailer it is an incredibly low bar um, to compete with the Mortal Kombat movies of the 90s um, but yeah I think you hit the nail on the head it is easier um, to see that they've really taken the video game action but also spun it into a story um, which is what video game movies should be about and I think the trailer did a good job of showing that they're going that route but I still think the dialogue and acting is going to be bad <laughs> um, oh it's going to be horrible horrible There's yeah if you're watching this to expect it to win an Emmy um <laughs> But, uh, I mean, look, I mean, it's the, it's an interesting thing. I mean, obviously now with the CGI, way better than the 90s, but I think the moves look a little more realistic to what the characters had in the video games. Um, yeah, they definitely. So I like that, but I don't, but again, I mean, it's a, it seems like this is going in a way of, hey, we're going to take your Mortal Kombat characters and pit them against each other in Mortal Kombat, but we're going to throw in a bad guy and they're going to fight him. You kind of have to have that. I I'll tell you this. This movie needs to accomplish some real basic things for me, okay? Uh, it, it doesn't need to be a good movie. I'm expecting it not to be. In fact, if they tried to make it a good movie, I think that will actually make it a bad movie, if that makes any sense. Um, 
you know, the trailer showed off some fatalities, like straight from the video game. And you have to find a way to include those. That doesn't seem overly, it, it's got to have a level of cheese to it, but it can't be like insulting level cheese. Um, to your point, it's got to have good CGI. Um, you know, for me, I actually love the first Mortal Kombat movie from the 90s. Uh, it's, it, it, to me, it's almost like a cult classic. Like, is it a bad movie? Yes. But I'll tell you right now, the soundtrack for that movie is like the ultimate workout mix. If you go back and give that soundtrack, and I, it this movie needs to have that too. And the story doesn't have to be amazing. Because I mean, there there is a story, you know, of the nether realm versus earth realm. And that's essentially the crux of what Mortal Kombat's about. And um, it just, for me, here's the whole, there, there's a guy on YouTube I've watched him, John Campia, he's amazing. And he's got this theory about movie trailers which is that the job of a trailer isn't to make you want to rush out to see the movie right away. It just has to take whatever level of excitement you had for a movie, which could be completely zero, and just move it up a couple notches. And I was not expecting much of anything out of this movie, especially considering it's a Warner Brothers movie and their struggles to make good movies lately, looking at you, Wonder Woman. Um, but it, it, it bumped me up, like, I went from like, I really don't care about this movie to like, holy crap, I'm kind of excited now for like the middle of April. And that's just kind of where I land on, man. I just, again, it doesn't have to be great. <laughs> My one issue was Raiden, man. I'm sorry, but I loved the guy that played Highlander as Raiden. And I hope this Raiden doesn't suck. Yeah, that is, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting um, to see what they do. Um, again, just hope. It stays true to the characters, their signature fatalities. But yeah, I'm not expecting it to be a good movie um, at all. Um, again, incredibly low bar for me for this movie. But I think it's just going to be pure cheesiness with violence. I'm cool with that. I, I can appreciate that type of storytelling, me personally. But all right, um, you have any more thoughts on the uh, trailer, buddy? No, nope. no thoughts on the trailer. Um, let's right, get into to... another uh, another recap of uh, Wandavision episode seven. And Woo! wow, <laughs> is all I can say. A lot of theories confirmed. Um, we found out uh, Agnes, like a lot of theories, I've mentioned it. She's Agatha Harkness. Uh, we we officially got that. Um, I, the signs have been there the entire time, and I thought it was confirmed last week uh, in the Halloween episode where she was dressed as a witch, which I thought was a little on the nose, but we officially have confirmation. It Agnes is Agatha Harkness. She's been responsible for all the weird shit happening in Westfield, um, including bringing Pietro back. So it seems now Pietro is under her control. Um, I still don't know what her end game is here. Um, that's still up in the air. Is that pun intended? <laughs> that was not actually. Um, that was not uh, because we don't know what her end game is. I did think one of the interesting things that was said was Ralph says I supercoat things, and. 
we haven't seen Ralph yet. It made me think that he might be more powerful than she is. Yeah. Ralph, interestingly, when Wanda, at the end of the episode, Wanda, before she heads to the basement, there's a Zakata on the curtain. And I thought it was interesting that they took the time to zoom in on that. If this show has taught me anything, it's that when you're watching something, to really pay close attention and for that two second cut to just zoom in on the cicada. One of the things about Mephisto is that he has like, he can transform into a fly. Now, does that mean he could be a cicada? Maybe. I I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I did write that as well. Um, The cicada. I mean, it was, it was almost blink and you miss it, but it was still very obvious. Um, that they zoomed in on it for a symbolic move. Um, but, yeah, I think the cicada symbolizes something bigger. Um, Mephisto does come to mind uh, with that. So Yeah, I um, one of the other blink and you miss it things, too, which I, I loved the blend of Malcolm in the middle last week, and then this week you get, you get Modern Family meets the office as like your like show it's one of the things i've loved about the show is how they keep (laughs) you can look at every single episode and be like ah they took a style from this show from this era and this week it was so on the nose with modern family and the office um but during the actually intro i loved how they took like the riddler style of letters and it was a blink and you missed a thing but it says wanda i know what you're doing um, is like a message displayed in those like magazine type letters. And there's definitely one observation that I've read and seen and is that Agnes showed up during the show. Maybe we'll find out more about that, but for right now, it looks like she popped up while Wanda had already created the hex. And to your point about Ralph, it makes me wonder if this Ralph character wasn't part of helping Wanda actually create the hex. Like Agnes showed up after and manipulated a lot of things, you know, but why did Wanda create the hex and how did she go about coming up with this idea? You know, and I'm wondering if another play wasn't, I don't think Agnes is the big villain. I mean, she could be, if there even is one, you know, we've been so conditioned by Marvel that every movie has to have a big bad that maybe there's not one, but I think there probably is. Yeah, no, I uh, definitely, definitely agree with that. We, uh, yeah, you see a lot there. Um, Another thing too is Vision snapped uh, Darcy out out of her trance. So she's fully aware of what's going on in Westview while she's in Westview now. So that's going to be an interesting thing going forward. But we talk about the Monica entering back in the hex. She busted through the the border. She's got she's got the when we saw the quote unquote reunion of Wanda and Geraldine. It was she was going to be blasted, and lo and behold. There's Monica Rambo with superpowers. 
She does. And I, I'll take the credit for that one. I'll give you all the credit for calling the Agatha thing back on like episode one or two. I'll take credit for asking the question of if Monica has powers. And um, I do think it was kind of hokey how they did it. Like, you know, we've talked about movie tropes. And the fact is, is that I thought of Deadpool immediately. She does a superhero landing. Yeah. It's so clear. She has the glowing eyes. Fist on the ground. Yeah, with the one knee. Like, like, yeah. Like, that's so superhero tropey. But whatever. I'm not one of those people where, yes, I see that. And I just kind of roll my eyes for a second. I'm like, oh. But it doesn't take me out. And it takes a lot of people out. You know, but for me, man, it just, to see her eyes glow, that was another thing. It's like, oh. In superhero movies, if their eyes glow, superhero. Right. And, yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, I mean, to see what she goes by. Uh, she's going by Photon. She's going... I think it'll be Photon. Yeah. I mean, she, most recently it's Spectrum, so who knows what she's going to go by here. But in true Marvel fashion, we finally got it, the post credit scene. Uh, which has been in every Marvel movie since the first Iron Man, but which I missed, by the way. You told me about it, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, I had to go back and watch it. Yeah, because we thought, based off the rumors we heard last week, the rumors were an hour, episode, hour long episodes. But what we got was basically like a forty minute episode, and it just caught me off guard knowing that the rumors were out there that it's going to be an hour but it wasn't. But there's still like seven minutes remaining when the credits started. So I just fast forwarded through it and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, here we go. We got a post credit scene. Well, it's a post mid credit scene. But yeah, it looks like uh, Pietro's under Agatha's control in this and he catches Monica at the storm cellar, which leads to the, the basement of Agatha's house, which is magical purple vine thingies it's a secret lair and with a secret spell book yes and it's creepy pietro it's a very creepy looking pietro not like snooper's gonna snoop man yep uh and that's the only thing that was sad and then it goes there so we have a cliffhanger and a credit scene um i think we're getting i think we're getting ready to have a huge battle yeah, so I think if Vision is coming to save Wanda, um, and I think you know we're we're getting ready to have some kind of a badass showdown where it's like Monica somehow playing in with her. We're probably going to see a little bit of her powers, and we're going to see Wanda and Vision, and it's going to be Agatha and probably Pietro. Um, I still think Dottie is involved because they showed her in this episode for the first time. Um, I thought it was very interesting that they showed her and the mailman paying attention. There was three people that paid attention in that. Seema Monica shows up and it's the mailman, Dottie, and then Agnes. And they all looked up when Monica showed up to confront Wanda. Which, first of all, can I just talk about, why would you run into her house and confront her? Like, <laughs> this is like the most scary, powerful mutant or super person um, in like the entire MC. Like, she literally beat Thanos' ass 
I'm sorry. I'm not barging into her house and starting a fight with her. Like, yeah, that's a that's a very interesting way to go about it, and and that's what led to the discovery that Monica has the powers and yeah, to see what they do. I mean, what what role did the do the twins play in this going forward? What um, does it set up for a battle? Um, so. I'm inclined to think the twins are probably not alive. Uh, I think one uh, one of the things in the comics that is evident with Agatha, and she even makes a joke about it, oh, I like to eat kids, or I took a bite out of kids, is she does like to feed off the energy of children, almost like a Pennywise type thing. I mean, I hope not. Um, but I also, can we just talk for a second about Okay, she got very lucky that she killed Wanda's dog because I'm just wondering where John Wick is. Like, yeah. Uh, that was the most ridiculously, like, I thought the laugh last week was scary, but then she did the laugh again while holding a dead dog while yeah. admitting she killed the dog. Yeah, that like, was very creepy. And I love that. I loved her theme. It was very Nightmare Before Christmas. This is Halloween type vibe um I, I thought it had that same little like this is halloween type deal um, i've been singing i've been singing catchy. that theme i've been singing it since friday it was agatha all along like <laughs> yeah it was uh it gave me that it gave me that vibe um but yeah it's hey, gonna be here's one more thing i wanted to touch on tv and the engineer um I have seen so many people online butthurt that they think that this little soldier Monica meets before she gets her vehicle, her space vehicle, that like gets destroyed by the hex in four seconds. They think that was the engineer. And two things. Number one, they've only mentioned the engineer in exactly two lines in the show. Monica says, yeah, I know an engineer that can help us. In one episode, and then the next episode, she says, yeah, they'll meet them in an hour. So it could very well have just been a very throwaway thing, and people just hung on to it, and it blew out of proportion. But then there's a quote from Tayona Paris, the actress that plays Monica Rambo, and she basically says she's excited for people to find out who the engineer is. So anybody thinking that we've seen the engineer, I don't think we have. Uh, but I will say there is a less than zero percent Reed Richards, like less than zero. But that's just yeah. my thoughts on that. I don't know. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, that is. I know the rumors were that um, it was a. Uh, it was obviously someone that's really, really good. Um, with what if it's Captain Marvel? I mean, it could be that. I mean, we've already seen a lot of the tie-ins um, to uh, to the Captain Marvel side of things with this episode. Obviously, Monica Ramba um, being the big part of that, but um, all the mentions of Mar of Captain Marvel. Um, but it's a it's going to be an interesting theory. Um, to see an interesting reveal to see who it is. I mean, I, 
is it going to be a level of holy shit it's pietro at the end like when that that dropped or is this going to be the luke skywalker type uh mandalorian drop that that elizabeth holson teased a few weeks ago i hate that she said that because now people are expecting it right at least uh at least with the Mandalorian, no one expected that it to end like that. I mean, I knew there were, I watched it a little, like a couple days later, so I avoided the spoilers, but I heard some things were happening. But yeah, I was still mind blown when it was actually Luke Skywalker. Um, I don't even like Star Wars, and that made me jump off my chair. Like, I, I watched the episode of Mandalorian just to see who it was. And when I saw the green lightsaber, I was like, there's no way. Yeah, I mean, I went. I went in the theories of like, I went in the stages of, almost the the stages of grief in a matter of two minutes, uh, because they said, the, <laughs> because it was that it was like, no, they they can't be doing this. No, right, maybe maybe they are. No, I hope it's Professor X. I, part of me just, I just, I, I'm not going to be disappointed if it's not, but. Man, there would be nothing that would make my heart happier than to see James McAvoy pop up or Michael Fassbender. I love them both equally. I love their portrayal of Professor X and Magneto. I don't know how or why they would do it. But then again, this show has explained to me that there's no, there doesn't have to be necessarily a reason. I mean, for Christ's sakes, they talk about the Nexus in the commercial in this yes. episode, which... Means any and all reality is possible, in all gateways to reality is possible, yeah. I so, mean, the, the, and the Nexus, too. I mean, that's a big X Men call out. Um, so that's going to be, and we already have Pietro, so it very well could be. The show has been loaded with X Men stuff, like the House of M, yep. the Pietro reveal. You've got two of her parents, possibly, that may or may not exist. Like, if they didn't intentionally do it which they did, but if they didn't intentionally do it, they have loaded this episode with this show with X-Men stuff, so if it's not going to come directly in the form of seeing Professor X or Magneto, you can already see the seeds. This is the show we'll point to in 10 years, and we're like, wow, that's how we got the mutants. This would be the gateway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, episode 7, great continue. the show continues to exceed my expectations and come up with some new way to blow my mind. Um, we'll see what episode eight has. Two to go, bro. Yep. But let's see. Uh, let's discuss uh, the gaming wars, PC and console. Yeah. So uh, I just off the top, I, I, I'm team console. I think you are too, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I feel, I, n- n- us being friends, I kind of assume so. But um, so we just kind of broke it down into some different things. You know, this isn't what's better than the other. I think it's just if you're interested in gaming, it's just kind of an interesting look at you know this idea that one's better than the other because they honestly both have really good strengths and both really good weaknesses. Um, you know, and we kind of broke it down to some, some subcategories. Uh, Eric, do you want to just kind of give us your thoughts as far as pricing and, you know, the money aspect, which is usually what it comes down to as far as PC versus gaming? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to pricing, I mean, obviously that's the big thing. Uh, Like go back as 
a few months back in November when PS5 was released. Just pretty low, pretty low uh, price point for a new console right off the bat. Um, but I think they did it too around Black Friday and uh, the holiday season. So like they knew they could sell it that low and make their money back. Uh, but as far as pricing, I mean, a PC, it can, depending on what you want to do. I mean, if you want like the customization to, I mean, it, it depends. So you can customize your own PC. You can buy a cheap, uh, cheap one on eBay or whatever and do your own upgrades. But as far as pricing goes, I mean, I would have to give the edge to the PC world depending it, but again, it depends on what you want to do. Um, it's just, there's some, there's so many things that you have to do price wise. I mean, I feel with consoles, it's pretty, uh, pretty set, um, in terms of cost. like, you're just paying for the console. Um, yeah. And, so and you, games. you say that, but what people forget, sorry, I didn't mean to jump in on you, but what people forget about a gaming console, and this is one of my just quick notes. So Eric, you go out and buy this lovely $600 console, right? You get it home, you're excited, you fire it up. You hook it up to your $400 Vizio TV that you bought on Black Friday from Walmart. <laughs> and that's one thing that bothers me is that people, like if you're going to buy this awesome high-powered console, obviously if you can't afford a really nice TV, I get it. I'm not trying to sit here and schmooze on you. But people forget that though. Like when they get this nice high-powered 4K producing console, they go home and they hook it up to a crappy television. And more importantly, too, even if something simple as the HDMI cable. Um, you know, back in my day as a salesperson and somebody that really worked with TVs, people didn't really understand how, like, you know, yes, you can buy this Roku TV for $400 and it's a 65-inch TV and that's what they see. But then when you really get into the nitty gritty of like how you, you can have this amazing console, but if you're going to hook a crappy television up to it, it's going to affect the performance. Like you're not going to get that full color spectrum. You're not going to get things like FPS, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, and then the HDMI cable, you know, if you put a $10 Walmart HDMI cable on it versus a 30 or a $40 one, there's a reason that price difference exists. You know, you have to get, a nice cable that's capable of producing the 4k imaging and it can produce at the speed you need to produce and the thickness of the cable um, really makes a difference. You know, if you have a thicker cable that produces less interference, that means the game and the movie and the pictures are going to run a lot smoother. Um, you know, and then even with TVs, dude, you, you don't have to spend a $4,000 on an OLED. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're amazing. They produce the best colors An OLED TV is the best TV on the market. Um, but, you know, I just, I would always caution people that if you're gonna go out and buy this amazing console and you're really expecting like super high level performance, don't be disappointed if you get it home and your Vizio TV that's just barely a 1080 um, doesn't give you the quality you want out of it. That being said, I'm team console. So, sorry, I didn't mean to go on a rant there. It was just like, oh, don't do it. <laughs> No, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, that is the that is the thing too. I mean, was one of the notes I have too. But we can get into that later. But 
the pricing, I mean, as I was saying, the consoles generally cost less because all you're paying for is the console itself. And most of these, most of the company, PlayStation and Microsoft or Sony and Microsoft have teams dedicated to their consoles that send patches to the consoles. So you're, so you're upgrading just whenever the system comes in, but with the, but where it gets more expensive too. I mean, if a game has to upgrade on a PC, sometimes you might have to upgrade your memory with your RAM, a graphics card might be upgraded and you're paying for that. Um, with a console, it's just, all right, wait 10 minutes. Yeah, that's that's one of my notes is like, you could go out right now, tonight, buy the best graphics card on the market, wait four months and see that we'll have a review about another graphics card that just came out that outperforms it. <laughs> you have to decide, well, even though I just sunk, you know, hundreds of dollars into my graphics card or anything, you know, my CPU, my cooler system, you know, I just, you have to kind of decide, whereas with a console, the hardware is just the hardware. The hardware doesn't change, you know? The only thing they're upgrading is the firmware, which I think you hit the nail on the head when you started off with, you know, what kind of gamer are you? You know, like, are you a hardcore Call of Duty gamer that requires that, you know, high-level performance, or, or are you going to play Among Us, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm the gamer that, yeah, occasionally will play COD um, and a couple of those types of games, but for the most part, I'm a, I'm a sports gamer. Like, I'll be the show, NHL. I mean, yeah, I downloaded Fall Guys because it was free, and that's just sort of entertaining to play and yell at the computer players because they're being dicks. Um, oh, Fall Guy Rage is the best. Um, so if you need a vent, that is always a fun way to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, so I'm more of a sports gamer. Um, I know you. I know you're pretty similar too. Um, yeah, I play a lot of sports games, but I think I. I play a lot of sports games. Sports gaming is like my core gaming experience, but I do branch out. Um, I love playing Injustice and Mortal Kombat, callback. Um, I'm not very good at them, but I like playing them. Um, you know, for me, it, it, you can give me a game with a killer story. You know, The Last of Us, number one, is probably my all-time favorite game. Um, you know, and that game, I high-powered TV uh that you can really immerse yourself in the story is amazing same thing with god of war oh my god god of war looks so good in 4k yeah um you know so yeah i'm definitely a core sports gamer but i'll branch out you know i I think for me it's all about balance you know is agree uh, i'm not one or the other it's this is like 50 percent of my time but then the other 50 percent is like broken up in other subcategories yeah, absolutely agree with that. And that kind of leads me to my next thing that I took on um, in this PC versus console type thing is the PC PC gaming um, really, I know I mentioned it, I think in our sports video game podcast episode um, on our other one was because it was NFL 2K5 and Xbox really starting online play. But it was really PC gaming that started it, um, especially in the MMORPG games um, like WoW and 
Agents of Empires and like those types of games are way better built for PCs. I mean, yeah, you can download them on your phones now, which is kind of crazy, but those are built for PCs. And I think that, and I mean, it's just that type of game, that type of gaming started in the late 90s, uh, mid to late 90s. So I attribute a lot of online to PC gaming. Um, and I, I, at the time, um, late 90s, early 2000s, all I had, I mean, I had the Sega Genesis and N64, which well, I still have and play, but I had a couple, I had Madden 2001 for PC <laughs> um, with Eddie George on the cover. And I mean, that's kind of playing the, that a sports video game on a PC is always interesting um it's such a different experience i actually had tiger woods that was my once i had a couple golf games too and baseball that that was my one piece of that and then um oh was it racing uh like more like the world of that like the spring no no it was like the world of outlaws or the sprint cars games one of those like it was on nascar dirt to daytona that's what it was um and i remember playing that and um, you know, to your point, uh, I definitely think PC gaming has done a better job of bringing people together, at least as a long-term thing, you know, to, I, I've always been afraid of World of Warcraft because I always felt like if I got into it, I would be head over heels. So I've avoided that game for 33 years and I continue to do so because I've seen people's entire lives consumed by it. Same, same. Here. <laughs> you um, know? Yeah. I mean, that, and also I'm going to shout out, uh, one of our favorite shows that we watched a lot in college and still do. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, South Park. The World of Warcraft episode is probably one of my favorites of South Park. And they hit the nail on the head with the obsession of it. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, and it was like just how crazy people can, can get with it. And it was just, it's great. Um, but... Yeah, it's just when it comes to PC and versus console, I mean, like I said, I mean, depends on what you want to do. I mean, a PC, it doesn't matter what PC you have. Um, if you have a Dell and your buddy has a, God, I'm trying to think of like an Alienware type computer now. You can um, have a Dell or a, you know, a Toshiba or... Yeah, I was blanking. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's all good. I think actually Dell makes Alienware. I think they actually bought right. the brand. So um, let's just go Toshiba, Samsung, whatever comu- desktop computer you have. Apple. Apple. You can play. You can cross-platform on those. Um, it doesn't matter what type of computer you have, um, as long as you have the obviously the memory and graphics cards for it, but. You can play with friends with a different brands of computers. You can't finding a cross platform. I know we're finally getting that with consoles, but finding a cross platform game is almost impossible. Well, and you've got things like okay, so if you have a PlayStation, you know, you're the games that you can select to buy are limited to what's on the PlayStation store. With Xbox is the same way, but with a PC, you've got things like Steam which is amazing to go on there and 
I, it's the one reason I wish I had a PC and I could get more into PC gaming is because there are so many good, you know, games that start out on a, like a website like Steam, you know, where it's like a build and they test it out on Steam. And then if it picks up traction, they could turn it possibly into a console. Um, and then you also have like the Epic Store. And yeah, man, you your ability to select games to play is so much wider on a PC, you know, you, and not to mention um, the one PC I've had built recently, uh, which I think I have somewhere, is I bought it exclusively because I wanted to play in 64 games. I didn't have it in 64. So a guy that I used to work with built me a PC specifically where I, he put an emulator on it and I literally downloaded like hundreds of classic N64 games through an emulator bought a N64 controller that connected through USB and I could play Mario Kart. I could play Zelda. I could play Smash Bros. And it's all on one unit. And then I could have easily have just turned around and played Flight Simulator on that same PC. And yeah, to have that kind of flexibility, it, it does give PC the advantage, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, I think with PC gaming, um, the advantages don't stop there. I mean, it's it's more of you can set up two, three monitors and have multiple have better game peripherals you can see your screen you can see more of the screens the more the game plus you can also re-script it basically that means you can just like rewrite code for it and rig the game to your favor which is really cheap do not do that if you're in mmorpgs or online gaming at all you are a complete asshole for doing that but that is seriously that is one of the things you can do easier on a on a PC. Well, like I'm watching a guy now um, that has taken the Madden 20 uh, engine. I don't know if he did it or if he paid somebody to do it, but he literally reskinned Madden 20 and turned it into NCAA 14. Or essentially, he made it NCAA 20 and football. And they completely, so they took the engine that runs Madden, completely reskinned it and updated it with their current players. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, you can do on a PC. You can, you know, some of the mods you get off a game like Grand Theft Auto, um, you know, you can mod a game on a PC and completely make it a different game. Whereas for the console, you don't get that. It's like, I've got Madden. It's just Madden. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you can do it, too. I mean, you can, you can jailbreak uh, consoles and other tech now. Um, very easily um, if you want but it's but as far as everything else goes I mean we're talking about PC and console gaming it's it's a preference I mean I'm not going to get into as you said DC Marvel Xbox PlayStation when we were growing up Nintendo Sega ironically I'm staring at my living room with every brand of console <laughs> that we grew up with <laughs> brand. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. With then Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, Sega. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it because 
to me because I mean it's just fun for I game for fun and like I'm not I know I've of a buddy that's big NHL gaming and other stuff, but to me, I just play for fun. I mean, I don't care about my rankings. I don't care about stuff like that. I just I escape reality from it. Um, Absolutely. That's, that's why. I, that's why I have so many systems. I mean, it's my way of this. If I can't get outside, or job prevents job pay prevents you from doing things um, that you want to do outside. Yeah, that's why I have so many different consoles. I mean, one day I might be in the mood for Wii Sports or Mario Party or let me play Lion King and get pissed off at a Kuna Matata level again and turn it off because I can't beat that level like I could when I was six. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. I mean... I, I think that's probably my least favorite part of the gaming community is that people seem to think you have to choose, you know? And for me, I don't give a shit what kind of gamer you are, you know? You could be a Minecraft gamer, and I've got all the respect in the world for you, even if I despise that game, which I do. Um, but, you know, it, it, even with other subgenres, oh, Fortnite's better, you know, um, all your Battle Royale games have their own fan bases man i don't give a damn at the end of the day like if you're a gamer we all have the same basic dna you know and we all play because we like to because you know we like creating worlds and being part of worlds that we can't be and there's nothing wrong with that it's no different than picking up a comic book you know and reading about the x-men and you know we all inherently dream of being a superhero one day well shit i would love to be a pro football player or, you know, I, I think, you know, I love watching the show Wipeout. Guess what? I can play a Fall Guys and get that same experience. You yeah, know, it's, from, but it's just so much more fun to watch other people get hurt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. The pain aspect is my least favorite part of the reality. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, it, I, at the end of the day, like, I don't care what kind of gamer you are. Like, it, if you walk up to me. And, you know, we, we have that common thread. It's just like music for me, you know, which I won't go on that ramp. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you tell me you're into music, I don't give a shit if you're in a country, rap, rock, R&B, pop. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you love music, right. we have the same DNA. And no, you're exactly right. I'm gonna, I'll bring it up then. I mean, I'll go back to college when I, when I made you go to Jason Aldean, Jason Aldean and Speed Street. You're not a big country guy, but you love that show. Hell yeah, dude. That was a lot and, of fun. And, and if then, you go into something with an open mind, right. you can enjoy it. And then as quote-unquote payback, you took me to the first ever Carolina Rebellion, and I had a blast. <laughs> you still are talking about Three Days Grace and having a riot, you know? like Right from and, the and Yeah. You saw me yeah. rush it, and you didn't expect that from me? Um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of it. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I, every gamer has the same DNA, like you said. It's, it doesn't matter what, I mean, that's the point of this. I mean, you can prefer, you can prefer one or the other. I don't care what your preference is. It's like life. I mean, look, we have, virtually we all have the same DNA. Whatever your life choices, lifestyles are, 
I don't care. We're all human. We're all gamers. We all love music or whatever it is. And the sooner people can not force their beliefs on people, no matter what you do, the, so- the better off we'll be. Hey, that said, I wish I was more of a PC gamer. Like, low-key, like, I've always wanted to get into it, you know? Like, as a console guy, you know, I've always wanted to be a PC gamer, you know? And for me, I I don't know what the barrier holding me back is. I don't know if it's a price thing or if it's, you know, having to build it and stuff or what, but... I'm kind of personally just jealous of PC gamers, you know, like they, they just seem to have such an amazing time. And it it seems like every time I watch a a video on YouTube of somebody playing a game, even if it's a game I have on my console, they're inevitably playing it on a PC, you know, whether it's Rainbow Siege or Madden or Dead by Daylight, which I love watching people play. They inevitably are paying, playing on PC. And if I could just have one thing is I wish I was more of a PC gamer. Um, j- just because you have that open world ability to do whatever you want, you know. And I, I wish there's actually a guy, if you guys want somebody that's really, really cool to watch. Um, he's on YouTube and he's on Facebook. His name is Austin Evans. And they have an amazing, he does... Um, a lot of like mystery boxes and tech, but they also do a lot of competitions, him and his buddy Ken, where, you know, one guy would build a $400 PC and another guy would build a $3,000 PC. And like, I just watched one of the day where they did it for Flight Simulator. Um, and it, it's so techy and nerdy. And I don't understand half the things they do. You know, he builds a freaking PC blindfolded, um, which I couldn't build one with my eyes open, let alone blindfolded. Um, but that that's a channel I would always recommend is people check out Austin Evans because he is very cool. He breaks things down in a really simplistic way. And being somebody that is an admirer of PC gaming, uh, someday, someday, once I have a big fat house in a room, I could put a nice desk and a nice computer chair in. That's I'll eventually convert, I think. But I'll always be a console guy at heart. Yeah, absolutely. Um, same here. Um, and like I mentioned a few minutes back, and I'm gonna, I'll finish my segment with this. Millennials grew up at, I think, one of the perfect times when it comes to gaming and technology. From Atari to what we have now, we're, we hybrided. We hybrid gamed. I mean, like I said, I mean, I had two consoles, but I also had NHL 97 and Madden 2001 for PC. So that got my love of gaming. I mean, I had multiple platforms and it was, and I think us having grown up in that time where we had the ability to have that, I mean, we started off and I mean, even SNES and all that, but yeah. I mean, it was fun. Um, that got, and it led to different ways of escaping our reality and just always fun to enter another world. Um, so no matter what you, like I said, no matter what you choose, PC, console, handheld, um, Nintendo Switch, 
just play on your iOS or Android, more power to you. Gamers going to game. Straight up, man. That's a good way to put a bow on it, I think. Well, that's a, that's going to wrap up this episode of EJ Nerds Debates. As always, I'm Eric Weirdo with Jordan Angie, and uh, join us next week for another great episode. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, guys.